right, it's Wednesday, December 12th, and it's the Fantasy Finish Line podcast, episode number 29, The Cutting Floor. Run it. Alrighty. Well, it's another Wednesday night, and uh, it's good to be here, Dave. Uh, this is the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. I am Dave. I am Jason, joined as always by Dave. He's very confused. I haven't had an extra beer or anything tonight, not at all. Um, so thank you guys for joining us. If you're listening to us live, uh, make sure that you uh, join us in the chat room and ask us some questions. And if you're listening to us later on, well, thank you for listening uh, in the future. That's pretty cool. So, uh, Dave, um, it is week 15 now, which means that it's the fantasy football semifinals uh, in any league that has a normal, uh, responsible uh, schedule. You know, those people who play week 17 um, are monsters and need to be stopped. Okay. <laughs> so I hear what you're saying. Yes. Uh, so before we get started, though, I want to know, Dave, what are you drinking over there? Um, I have several drinks. So uh, tonight we have Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA, also Sierra Nevada Hot Bullet Double IPA, and Sierra Nevada BFD Beer for Drinking Hoppy Blonde Ale. So clearly it's a Sierra Nevada kind of evening. Oh yeah, very nice. Um, I do enjoy the Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. That's what I brought over tonight. Um, I uh, get this every year now. Um, it's not quite as good as the ones in years past, but then again, I feel like my beer tastes change all the time, so uh, it's still an excellent beer worth checking it out. Um, I would uh, definitely suggest picking up a six pack, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little sip here, and then we'll get rolling. So like in past weeks, uh, there is a sort of theme uh, to the music uh, throughout the show tonight. So if you can let us know what the theme is, we'll send you some sort of swag. We'll figure something out, right, Dave? Sure. Uh, so the clue tonight is that these songs all go out to, uh, are dedicated to Jared Goff. You know, I'll try to help people along. Since nobody got the theme from last week, which was uh, songs about Hawaii. There were bands from Hawaii or songs that... You know, about surfing, stuff like that. So, um, what I need to talk about first before we get into real fantasy football stuff is the fact that the Redskins have uh, Mark Sanchez as their starter. Well, as of last week. Hopefully they're not going to do that to us again. Um, but the fact that Mark Sanchez is a worthy starter, but no one will even like look at Colin Kaepernick, is ridiculous. And uh, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to be said except... Think about all of the fantasy points we're missing out on. Sorry. If Colin Kaepernick was playing... Don't want to go down that Then that, he would uh, be... Channel. Like, he would be producing for a team that had playoff hopes 
And, and we're being cheated as fantasy football players from, you know, getting those points and making the playoffs even crazier. You know, that's all I'll say. Um, so, uh, recapping week 14, um, it started off crazy. And if you started Derrick Henry, which you probably didn't, and if you did, you're probably lying, uh, then his you know, four touchdowns did swing your match if you did win it, or if you did actually start him. There was some stat I heard that he was uh, that he was um, started in, in a very small percentage of fantasy leagues, and that certainly could be the case. Probably really deep ones, because for the most part, as all of us know, and anyone listening, uh, for regular fantasy leagues and even fairly deep leagues, he's been off the radar for a little while and mostly dropped, unless it's a you know a dynasty league or something like that. And even in some dynasty leagues, it was just too much to bear. Uh, <laughs> but at the start of the year, we have to remember he was a guy who was going to be, you know, the um, the incumbent guy after um, uh, what's his face, uh, Deion Lewis. Oh, you mean uh, Murray? Yeah. So after Murray had left the team, he was Marvel. really the guy that we looked at as as being a good pickup. And in drafts, he was selected fairly high up on on the totem pole. But it was a lot to do with uh, Tennessee and yeah. Mariota's health and so Tennessee was, offense uh, in general. He was the RB18 uh, and overall 35 ADP this year. Uh-huh, so pretty big up there. And that's there. the first game where he lived up to being anywhere near that spot. Well, he lived up to being the number one pick overall. Well, for one week anyways. Right, exactly. <laughs> but but I think it's clear that, that Henry isn't a terrible running back. It's, it's just that everything wasn't really working out for him. Everything around him on that team is, yeah, is screwy. Plus, he will have weeks again where he gets you know 18 carries and has 60 yards and that's very frustrating but that's going to happen well we talk about this sometimes about how uh football relates to other sports where you only have the 17 games and instead of having 162 um or or is it is it 82 games in hockey yeah Etc. Where where these teams will go up and down several times, you can see these trends move back and forth. Usually in the NFL, it's it's only an up and down trend or a down and up trend. It doesn't often move back and forth uh, more than just twice. But it, for Tennessee, it kind of looks like uh, they were trending down for most of the season, and now they're trending up a little bit with their players a little bit more healthy. It's too late for them. But but it, it's a good thing for next season, for example, and for the end of this season, where I think they're really just going to try some crazy shit out, because why not? What, what is there to lose at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's very true. Now, I would suspect that they're going to want to get Derrick Henry, you know, 20 carries a game. Um, maybe they'll go that way. They really haven't given him that kind of work in the past, but I, I just don't see why they wouldn't want to um so you know that's i suppose just a difference between me and the tennessee titans offensive staff um that being said you know in the games where he has gotten more uh than the 17 carries he got last week you know he doesn't do a whole lot with it so we'll see what happens now derrick henry's playing the giants this week um he has no history against that team he uh rather the giants are um you know, not the best defense in the league. Would you be starting him this week, Dave? Do you think that he, he's worth putting in, you know, forcing into your lineup? Well, forcing is a strong word, Jason. 
I uh, well, I, I think assume a, that if you didn't start him last week, it's because you had better options. I think a lot of people picked him up this week, and it's a it's a week to week league here in the playoffs, right? Absolutely. But I I think that he will get fifteen touches around there. So is as long as they're doing an okay job versus this kind of weak run defense, we can expect him to get something like seventy five yards and a touchdown. All right, and they've that's, definitely that's given up a easily lot of, startable. You know, they've given up a lot of big games. Nine different uh, running backs have given up at least uh, 10 points to, um, you know, four guys in the 20 to 30 point range. Uh, so the Giants definitely um, can be scored against. So, um, I mean, are you are you recommending, you know, trying to put him in your lineup over someone who's been struggling this week? Ranking is different from from uh, stardom, sitem decisions based on someone else on someone else's lineup. Um for me personally, if I had Derrick Henry in a semifinal team, which I don't, uh, I would start him over some other players. Um, I can I can try to pull up who those players would be. Give me a moment. Sure. I mean, would you start him over a Gus Edwards? Well, or Gus, a James White. Gus Edwards and James White are are interesting situations because they are now involved in running back by committees where they they weren't uh, as much involved in in previous weeks. I think they're a good example because they're both guys who you probably were starting as a second or flex guy on your team already who you'd probably be considering taking out right now. Yeah, but their unique situations are are an aside to our conversation about Derrick Henry. Okay. Um, I, I think personally, and let me look at what I have. And Dave's rankings, by the way, are available on our website on drink5.com. They uh, go through fantasy probes, so he gets ranked against everybody uh, everybody who's anybody in the fantasy football world anyways. So I have Derek Henry at, at 19 in, uh, in a standard scoring league. And if we're looking at a guy like James White, he's at number 23. And Gus Edwards is at number 24. Okay. So, yes, slightly above those two guys. I picked the right spot. But that's because of the other player situations bringing them down. And obviously, Derrick Henry's situation bringing him up. So the the problem situation that you just two fantasy players passing yeah. in the week, the off week. Yeah, the problem that you bring up is is the fact that we don't have a lot of tape on uh, him versus the Giants, which I don't care about that as much as I do the fact that he was almost gone until just recently. So a little blip in the night does not necessarily mean that suddenly you know we've hit fantasy gold. However, a four-touchdown performance uh, is clearly something that uh, is more than just a mark in the map. So that's why I have him propelled up to that point. But I would play someone, for example, right now anyway, like uh, like Jeff Wilson above him, and I have Jalen Samuels on Pittsburgh right below him. But of course, those situations could change on a dime, depending on the the availability and health of the other players on those teams. Absolutely, yeah. That those are all situations to just, pay attention to. It's very flexible right now. For instance, you know, uh, Wilson might have some of his carries taken if Brito winds up starting, because mm-hmm. they'll. If Breda's even banged up, if he can play, he plays and he gets the ball. Yeah, it's the same thing with James Conner. If James Conner comes back, then he gets all the carries for Pittsburgh. So right. that's just how it's going to work. So, yeah, keep an eye on the uh, player news as you go through the week. Make sure that your guys are practicing before they play. Even Tyreek Hill was practicing today, which is a very good sign for starting tomorrow night. 
Um, so a couple other things from last week. The other big performance in week 14 was Amari Cooper. He was probably started in your league, uh, you know, where Derrick Henry was not. Um, and uh, you probably lost if you went against him. I know I did. Um, so it was Cooper's second 30-point game in the last three weeks. And he's proven that trade wound up being very good for Dallas. I think, uh, I know I was kind of uh, knocking Dallas for that trade and, uh, you know, patting Oakland on the back. But it seems like Oakland's not going to be getting a very good first-round pick out of that. And, uh, you know, essentially what the Cowboys did was draft Amari Cooper a little early, uh, which was a very good move for them in the end. Um, So he plays Indianapolis and Tampa to finish. No reason to sit Amari Cooper, right? Um, you're not like we can't really call his dud weeks. He's a little feast or famine, but you know he's putting up so many points, kind of like a Tyreek Hill, that you can't leave him on the bench, right? Yeah. So so Amari Cooper is a um, is is a little bit of a conundrum, but they're using him at a at a in a huge amount on the Dallas offense, and that's not going to just suddenly change. So of course uh, he is someone for you to start. On a on a weekly basis going forward, where there's only two weeks left in regular leagues, right? But um, but I, uh, for example, um, have Cooper at at number six this week, and uh, playing Indianapolis, which would normally be not that great of a matchup if you look at the uh, history of the past defense this particular season. It doesn't really matter because if someone is a target hog um, like he is on that offense, he's going to be kind of forced the ball on a regular basis. Right, if if you get eight or nine targets or ten targets per game, and you're you're able to catch the ball, then you're going to put up points that are good enough to be a WR two or in this case a low end WR one. Yeah, I mean, thirteen targets last week. It was an overtime game, um, and it was all like at the very end of the game too. Uh, but very impressive performance from him: two seventeen, three touchdowns, ten catches. Um, so in a full PPR league, he actually outperformed. Derrick Henry, I believe. So, um, kudos to him. Good job uh, by the Clapper. He's definitely going to get an extension because of that trade. Whether or not uh, this all winds up being good or bad for the Cowboys in the long run, I think is definitely up for debate still. I don't. I don't think it's really a debate. Uh, the the Cowboys needed to have a number one wide receiver. Michael Gallup is not a bad receiver, but he's a rookie that just came in. Yeah. And he wasn't an amazing rookie, so he needs to have another guy out there. And he's actually been performing better every single time that Amari Cooper does well. And I that, just you know I, I'm not sold on Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper a bit more sold on him. And Ezekiel Elliott, sure, absolutely. He's well, it, it doesn't matter about Dak Prescott and even the coach in some cases if you have a good running back and wide receiver. You're still going to put up fantasy points every single game if you have those those two combos. Sure, pieces. and in the fantasy world, we're going to like them. I, I, I meant a little more for you know the Dallas Cowboys themselves. Yeah, screw the Cowboys, man. It doesn't, doesn't matter if we like them or if they're good or bad, right? I'll drink to that. <laughs> All that matters for us is if they put up fantasy points on a regular basis, which they're doing with Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. And I, I don't think Dak Prescott is a great quarterback, but we do have to give him some time. You know, we're sitting here saying he's a terrible Absolutely. quarterback. He didn't Absolutely. have any receivers. Uh, and, and usually quarterbacks have historically taken several years to become good in the league. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, we expect them to be good the first year or second year. And some okay. of them are, but, but what we think, what we've been uh, accustomed to seeing is outlying performances. I suppose. I mean, when you get accustomed to the outlier, it becomes the norm. 
<laughs> you know, until but, until it's not. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, if you think about the rookies that are starting this year, there's not a whole lot of greatness going on. Well, there could uh, be. There's a guy we're about to talk about, but eventually, Sam Darnold and um, you know Baker Mayfield is probably the best one of the bunch, and he's not like he's winning games and he's doing uh, he's playing okay. Uh, but you definitely don't have many stars. Look at Jared Goff, who against the Bears just threw four interceptions. He was staring down receivers all night, not seeing what the defense was doing. It was all a lot of sort of rookie mistakes, stuff that um, you know experienced quarterbacks like Drew Brees doesn't make all those mistakes. Maybe he gets shut down, but he doesn't throw four interceptions against. The Bears. Yeah, how long has Drew Brees been playing for? You know, right. So I mean, we're just we're getting used to these guys that are really great, but we have to understand that they're twenty two years old. And, exactly, and they're not going to be good necessarily prone, to that level. They get hit in the head on a regular basis. They're prone to make some bad decisions. Yeah, I, you know, we talk about guys like Baker Mayfield not doing that well. I think that's definitely a, a misnomer because he's been fantastic this year. He's in general. been great for his team. He's not an explosive fantasy quarterback. He's actually been pretty good in fantasy too uh, for for quite a stretch. But but you have a point and and your point is i think that you're not going to be playing him as a top 10 quarterback every week although a couple weeks ago you know we discussed that that baker mayfield would be a good guy if there's no one else available and uh you know if you look at his fantasy points it hasn't been too bad but but it does take a couple years to get up to spec usually yeah and and guys like even trubisky who's having a really good year this year uh, it's not usual that that's the case. He's very up and down this year. Yeah, it's 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 not a usual case. It has to do with other variables too, like uh, the fact that the Bears' offense is doing stuff that's all over the board, so nobody has tape on it. Nobody understands what what plays they're going to run. Like uh, clearly, that has just as much to do with it as the quarterback themselves. Yeah, I mean, he is being helped out tremendously by his coach, and see, that's where the coach has a lot to do with it. A coach can improve things a whole lot, and they can sort of you know stifle things and i you know i wonder where they're at in dallas in between you know creating opportunity and stifling the talent they're somewhere in between um so josh allen uh, speaking of rookie quarterbacks is running and running and running like forrest freaking gump uh he has 335 yards in the last three games rushing yards that is um lamar jackson is being left in his dust who only has 336 yards in four games so we were so impressed with Lamar Jackson's rushing performance uh, when he started playing, and Josh Allen is putting that to shame. Uh, so Josh Allen has also been a good streaming quarterback option. He could remain so the next couple of weeks. We'll get to that uh, in a little bit. Um, uh, but the, the one suggestion that I mentioned is maybe you would start Josh Allen over like an Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is playing the Bears who just shut down the Rams. Would you make that move, Dave? Would you start Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers? No. Not at the end? It, look, this particular matchup, if you want to talk about the matchup between the Packers and the Bears, um, I think R- Rodgers is on a team that's like a second-tier team. It's not uh, – maybe they're below the Bears right now as far as talents overall and how they're doing in the season. So maybe lower tier two, maybe upper tier three, depending on how you form your tiers in, in the NFL. Regardless of that – they, they fired their coach. They started playing better. They don't have any great games beneath their belt. Uh, but you basically have Rodgers calling the plays now. And I don't know if any Chicago Bears team of any year at any time 
can uh, can can think of themselves as doing really well against an Aaron Rodgers deciding what happens. <laughs> I like I like the thought of that. No, That's I think I think the Bears should win this perspective. The defense is good, although they just lost. Um, Somebody for the year, I think, that was doing pretty decent on yeah, defense. Yeah, it was the slot corner. Um, I forget his name. Um, well, suffice to yeah. say, he. I think he's gone. But the the Bears have been great. They're gonna they're gonna get uh, you know a lot of good looks on the quarterback. They might sack Rodgers a couple times. He's not new with that. The Packers have had some issues, and they're not as as good as a, a team in general as the Bears are. But I honestly think that if we're looking at Rodgers versus Allen. You you have to take the better quarterback in in this situation and 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 clearly Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, so I don't think that he's going to be particularly frightened you know by <laughs> by the setup that the Bears have uh, just because they've been doing well and and I I'm really looking forward to seeing this game actually and uh, and I have Aaron Rodgers way down there I I actually have right now Josh Allen above Aaron Rodgers I have Allen at fifteen. Rogers at seventeen. What I would what I would suggest to you is that that's a ranking based on many variables, not necessarily all of what I think uh, will happen. But I think that you should start someone other than both of those guys. Well, at that at that ranking, probably that's the case. Yeah. You know, start uh, start Cam Newton or Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Philip Rivers or one of those guys. Someone you can pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. I actually I kind of like comparing those two guys, the new versus the old, the the good matchup versus the bad matchup, yeah. you know. It's in, versus Detroit who's been pretty terrible. <laughs> That'll be a good game like you said. Uh, you know, it's a good rivalry uh, game. They really only play each other in the regular season. They've only ever met in the playoffs twice. So, this is when you get it at the end of the season. It's really important for the Bears and it, I would say it's important for the Packers too. Uh, just because they want to salvage something out of their season. Yeah, Nobody truly wants to tank in the NFL. They're not going to make the playoffs, so it doesn't really matter. Right, they're not. I mean, I think the Giants are probably ahead of them in playoff ranking at this point. What I think what he wants to prove, Rodgers anyway, is that is that without the, the coach that he was clashing with, etc., that he can make some decisions that, that win games um, right. so that he can kind of have some more say in picking his own guy. And I know that franchise has said that they're not. it's not Rodgers picking their new guy, but that's bullshit. I wouldn't say that Rodgers <laughs> is going out to pick it, but I bet you he has veto power, almost certainly. Of course. Because they've given him so much money. Yeah. Like, he, they've promised him this gigantic contract. They're not going to get somebody who he doesn't like. No, that's that's all there is to it, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we learned from that Bears game that nobody is really matchup-proof, not even Todd Gurley, because the Rams were shut down in that game. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I... I you're right. It's hard to say just go ahead and bench Rodgers, but he's not a top option, like you said, and uh, try to find someone else maybe. Well, you brought up Allen as a, as a player to watch, and he totally is, but he's more yeah. and more of a dynasty guy because you can't trust him in week to week. Yeah. But it's been cool to see, although I, as someone who knows you and your opinions on football players, you would probably say like he needs to stop running immediately or he's not going to play football anymore. But for <laughs> fantasy purposes, he's... You know, which is why him and Lamar Jackson, points. they're going to put up twenty points a week. So it's like you don't have a guy; just throw in a dude that runs, like, right? Right. You know? <laughs> so, Dave, I want to know what the hell happened during the Steelers Panther game in Week Ten, because during that game, both teams, uh, you know, they combined for seventy-three points or something like that. Uh, the Steelers put up fifty-two, which was, uh, I think, the high point in the league until they put up until the Rams scored fifty-four. Um, 
But since that game, those teams have combined to be one in seven. And they're both just like losing. I don't understand why. Uh, I don't know why this is difficult. It seems to be. They both have bad defenses. Uh, yeah, that's true. The, the Steelers are going to fire their defensive coordinator. That's going to happen within the next week or two. Yeah. Uh, and they're terrible on defense, which is a huge problem. And then there's other things like Chris Boswell is not nearly as good. He's missed tons of things that have, you know, cut them from, from games. Obviously, the Roethlisberger injury last week was a major issue in them, you know, winning or tying that game. Yeah, that seemed very strange. Well, did you hear all the things that happened? I heard, so I heard, at the time, I heard that um, they only wanted to bring him in in case they really needed him, a.k.a. when they started losing. And then later that day, I heard, uh, well, he needed time for the painkillers to kick in. So here's what happened, according to all the sources that I have and what I've read. Uh, Roethlisberger goes down because, you know, the way he was tackled and, and his pain indicated that he might have a broken rib. So he goes down to, uh, to where they were um, in, Oakland. in Oakland and they went and give him, gave him x-rays. x-rays right. And, yeah, and they were, that. I guess, like waiting uh, until there was some kind of uh, word on the x-rays. But from what I understand, it, it takes a little while for that to happen. Um, and uh, what they said was that the x-ray machine wasn't working correctly. Right. And so he was like, I don't know. Like, he's like, I want to go back in. And, and you know, <laughs> and so he came back up eventually. And um, what had been communicated between Tomlin and Roethlisberger and the, and the trainers was that he was ready and able to go back in. And Tomlin made the decision not to bring Roethlisberger back in because he thought that they could maintain or beat the Raiders without risking Roethlisberger, which isn't a terrible decision in and of itself, but it's questionable. Like a lot of Tomlin's calls have been in general. It's hard to question Tomlin as one of the more winning coaches in the NFL, but he does make questionable decisions. This was one of them. They should have put Rosberger back in right away. The, Josh Dobbs is not going to win games for the Steelers. And that's, that's all there is to it as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I hear stuff like the x-ray machine wasn't working. I don't know if that's bullshit or not. But ultimately, Roethlisberger was ready. He wanted to play, but he wasn't able to. He came out with his helmet in hand. Yeah. Tomlin told him to put it back on the bench. Yeah, I mean... The X-ray thing, because it came out a couple days later, feels like it's uh, yeah, but probably not. It's probably just a random crap. But I mean, the the excuse that Mike Tomlin gave at the time was that we were in a good rhythm, <laughs> apparently with Josh Dobson. Like it's complete coach speak. Well, whatever it is, I'm, I'm a Steelers fan, and uh, and they haven't been playing well, but they were playing well, you know, previous to they that. They had a great game, twenty five for twenty nine. I mean. I, I feel like they definitely would have won that game if he plays the whole second half. That's correct, and and I think everybody realizes that. And and plus, again, there's options, and there's there's times during that game when they should have caught up or surpassed them um, several times, and it just didn't happen. Uh, I I don't want to blame stuff on refs, et cetera. The Raiders beat the Steelers, but uh, the Steelers aren't out of the race, and Ben has been doing better than he has in almost any other season in his career as far as passing yards, because the new offensive coordinator and him gel really nicely. Yeah. So that's going to be fine. Like the, If you have Steelers players on your offense, uh, like Antonio Brown, for example, this was a low point for the season, not indicative of where the next two weeks go. Yeah, Ben's already basically at... Um, 4,000 yards or something? 42-27. Last year, he only had 42-51 yeah. on 15 games. So he'll pass that yeah, last year's total already. He's leading the league in pass attempts at 546 already. His career high is only 608, so he's going to blow that away as well. Uh, he will probably um, approach his 
season uh, high of 49.52 for uh, passing yards as well. Well, it's been great. Juju's been and great. Break his touchdown. Antonio Brown's been great. Uh, we even saw like the the come on of James Washington, who got a couple good passes in that game. Um, and I I just think their passing offense is fine. Obviously, they don't have number one or number two of the running backs to start the season, so that's a big blow to them. No, their passing offense is great this year. 250 is his low passing mark. Yeah, it's, it's great. That's, great. that's amazing. So and, and, He's thrown at least one touchdown in every game. And the Steelers are, uh, you know, it's still at, at a point where it doesn't really matter. As long as they win, like, two out of the next three games, they're still going into the playoffs. Yeah, the Steelers were really helped along by the rest of their division losing last week, and I think they can count on that. But what's crazy is that the – Browns are still in contention, technically. <laughs> yeah, the AFC North is not excelling this year in the win column. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, don't hesitate to start your, your Steelers passing offense. That is really working great. And so is the running offense. The offense is fine. It's the defense that's screwed. And to answer your original yeah, question, the Panthers oh. and the Steelers both have horrific defenses, and that's exactly why both of them are in the place that they're in. Yeah. Well, that... That's very succinct. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I don't. I don't often listen to these songs in stereo, so this particular one, like, a lot is coming in the left and then not really in the right until the end. It's interesting. We've got headphones on right now, right? I'm glad I, I, that you can be exposed to one of your favorite songs in that way. <laughs> I, I usually listen to songs on big speakers, but hardly ever on headphones. Yeah. Headphones are a completely different listening experience. This song doesn't get started for like 10 minutes. No, we can just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it because you gotta, you gotta understand what the theme is for Jared Goff. That's right. several weeks we've looked at guys to add and guys to cut from your team uh and these are just kind of generic suggestions so what i did is i looked at guys available today well they're not generic we spent a lot of time on them well i mean we're not going (laughs) to specific teams and looking at you know on your team you want to put this guy on there and cut this guy should i do that no we're not looking at that uh i'm just sort of creating these uh scenarios so i looked at players who were owned in less than uh, really less than 40% of leagues is what it wound up being. And uh, players who were also to drop who were candidates that were owned in at least like 87% of leagues. So guys who were really on every team, guys who would have been regular starters, you know, up until their struggles. So um, a guy that we talked about earlier was Josh Allen. He's owned in 19% of leagues. And what I want to know is uh, I'm going to bring up a guy to add and a guy to drop. And would you make that trade? And it's going to be at the same position. So for this week, to add right now for this week, yeah. and, and these are probably going to be guys who either you're going to want on your bench or you might even want to slot in as a starter. So um, would you pick up Josh Allen, who is only owned in 19% of leagues, so he's still going to be very much available uh, in order to drop Matt Ryan, owned in 96% of leagues. Um, so Josh Allen is averaging about 25 points per week in the last three games. Uh, Matt Ryan only has 16 points per game in the last four weeks. 
Uh, he hasn't gone over 300 yards once during that stretch. He faces Arizona, who just held Matt Stafford to a 101 passing yards. So in the fantasy semifinals, uh, would you get rid of Matt Ryan in order to start Josh Allen? What's your opinion on that? I think I would definitely get rid of Matt Ryan, uh, and I am fine with starting Josh Allen because uh, Detroit isn't, you know, a, a isn't a special defense at all. They're right in the middle of the pack for opposing um, points. So I think Josh Allen has a very high floor of at least 15 points and a ceiling of probably about 30. And I would be fine, uh, you know, in it, what I'm saying is, you know, maybe there was somebody who you already picked up who's a better option, but uh, based on, like, looking at the Drink 5 League and what was left, Josh Allen was definitely the best uh, option there. I don't. If I have Matt Ryan as my starting quarterback, I'm going to look for somebody else for this week because they're against Arizona. But I will say that versus Arizona, I think there are a lot of people that a lot of teams rather that have had low passing yards because they've been running it against them. Um, I also think that I have again Josh Allen ranked 15 and, and Matt Ryan 13. I think that I would start neither of them if it was an option for me. So I, if I cut Matt Ryan, death. I would <laughs> I would choose someone else. But if you look at the stats for Ryan, he's averaged 317 passing yards per game at home, um, even though uh, he went against Baltimore and only had 131 in Week 13. So they, they have been passing it at home a lot, you know, Matty Ice at home in Atlanta. Sure. Um, and I don't think we should be as scared of Arizona as, uh, as, as the numbers might suggest because people are weighing more on the run, which is more successful. Detroit had over 100 rushing yards. Uh, on Arizona, and they were just a that was just a bad game. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know to look at that for fantasy statistics. If you're looking for my opinion, it is don't drop Matt Ryan for Josh Allen, but sure, drop Matt Ryan uh, and pick up best available. Yeah, I mean, I I really don't like that uh, Arizona matchup, and we're already saying get rid of Matt Ryan. They have a max uh, of giving up 22 points this year. It's okay not to like the matchup. That's fine. Like last week, for example, I, uh, I, I've been successful and, and not successful in, in certain circumstances. For example, starting uh, Kenny Galladay from Detroit against Patrick Peterson on Arizona was not a successful matchup. Okay, and sometimes Peterson is a guy who will spread out coverage, and in that particular time he blanketed Galladay. What's interesting about the matchup with um, with – Atlanta is that Atlanta has multiple pass catchers that can actually go out there and catch, whereas Detroit only has Bruce Ellington. <laughs> That's true. So uh, there was really no one to pass the ball to for Detroit, and uh, and the Cardinals, or sorry, the Falcons, they could give the ball to multiple other people uh, and find some success. But I do agree with your premise, I think, here, which is that Matt Ryan is not a great start versus Arizona, so you should look for someone else. And Josh Allen is someone who has a high floor with his rushing yards. Would you... Okay, so drawing from the list of people available in the Drink 5 League, would you start Dak Prescott, um, Lamar Jackson, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, instead of Josh Allen then, over Matt Ryan? I would start Dak Prescott over Matt Ryan. Okay. He, he is the guy with the most ads right now. And the, Lamar uh, Jackson and Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky... Right there, right with Matt Ryan, like right, you know, flip the coin kind of situation. Yeah. But you've got Josh Johnson as well. 
<laughs> no, he's not on the radar for me. But but any of those three guys, like I mentioned, Jackson, Allen, and Trubisky, I think are are right there. They're startable. If you like him better than Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan certainly on paper has the worst matchup. And if you are in the semifinals in a, in a big money league, you don't want the matchup to kill you. So I understand that. Uh, you can you can certainly go out on a limb and take someone who's ranked lower because rankings are mostly based on past activity as well as uh, what we think will happen in the future. Yeah, yeah. But but I think Matt Ryan at home is generally good. So you know don't don't just get rid of that thought. Yeah. Right. You can't over three hundred yards passing at home on average. I I still you know I, I wouldn't start him this week. Because it's Arizona, because because there's better options on the waiver wire, generally speaking, and I definitely wouldn't start him next week because he's going to be on the road in Carolina. Well, if you so look Matt at Ryan is a for sure drop for me. If you look at that for two, then then yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, Matt Ryan definitely is somebody who I would say you don't want for the rest of the year. Josh Allen, uh, maybe maybe not. He probably should be added at this point. Because, uh, you know, if he puts up another big game and your quarterback gets hurt next week, then he could definitely be a reasonable starter because uh, he plays the Patriots in Week 16. And that, you know, we know that the Patriots give up lots of points to opposing teams. Yeah. Fancy points, anyways. Uh, so over at wide receiver, uh, we're going to add D.D. Westbrook, who's owned in 38% of leagues. Um, the Jaguars have matchups that are worth taking advantage of uh, in the next couple weeks. So they host the Redskins this week. Redskins are giving up the sixth most points to opposing Wide receivers, and they go to Miami, who are in the middle of the pack. They're at 16. Um, so Westbrook has two touchdowns the last three weeks, 19 targets, 13 catches during that time. He's probably one of the few wide receivers available on your waiver wire that could actually uh, be somewhat impactful over the next couple weeks. Um, so uh, that's the guy who I want to suggest adding. The guy to drop would be Allen Robinson. Uh, he's only had one big game since he's come back from injury. In the last four weeks, he's averaging less than five points per game. Uh, he's not made it to the end zone. His maximum in the last four weeks is 7.9 points. Um, the only good thing about Allen Robinson is that he has a couple of good matchups. But as we say, if you're not going to be starting people right now, you need to get the dead weight off your bench. And I don't think that you should be starting Allen Robinson because of the chaos uh, You know, with the quarterback sort of flipping back and forth in Chicago because of injury. So um, are you are you going to cut Allen Robinson and add D.D. Westbrook, Dave? No. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to look at Jacksonville as anything consistent offensively. I really don't like their situation at all whatsoever. He, he did do really well against the Titans. Um, but I, I, I think if you look at the Jaguars wide receivers throughout the year with consistency and without, they are just so spread out. It's, it's too hard to, to, to put your playoff hopes or championship win hopes on, on that guy on a Jaguar. at this time. Yeah, there, I was, you know, it was really stretching for wide receivers that were worth picking up. Um, well, no, it's not a bad, like it's, it's a trending up situation slim right now, yeah. which I, I like, and I, I value that, you know, I, I currently have him sitting at number 40, which would make him a uh, WR4, maybe a low-end WR3, I guess. No, that would be a WR4. WR4. And, and the thing you have to look at is um, is that his yardage totals uh, from the past four weeks going into Thursday's games were 30, 19, 44, and 25. So that's the problem, is that there's not enough 
you know, of a large sample size. And Alan Robinson, I do agree that he's not performing up to spec, etc. There's all sorts of problems surrounding that. And he's had a couple of big games, which he could have, but there's no guarantee. Um, he was injured, etc. But the problem is more, I think, with, like, I think you mentioned sort of the chaos of the quarterbacks and the Bears offense, etc. Yeah. Because he actually led the Bears receivers, um, I believe, in the last game with, like, 42 yards. <laughs> so, I mean... Yeah, but they only scored 15 points. Yeah, but... 13 on offense. He, yeah. He's often, like, you know, one of the most targeted or, or the best wide receivers on the team, but that doesn't say much when they're just throwing to everybody and who knows what just the hell's going to a little bit to happen. everyone, yeah. Any given week, Tariq Cohen can lead the team because he breaks one long run. So, I don't, I don't mind your... Long your catch. Add Didi Westbrook as a possibility, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah. You, you should always play the players that are trending up. I'm definitely not... Gonna say start Didi Westbrook, but it, as far as ranks are concerned, at least for right now, I have Allen Robinson at 19 because he actually has a good matchup against Green Bay at this point. Uh, they've lost uh, some members of their secondary, and uh, they've been getting lit up a little bit um, yeah. uh, from the passing aspect. But we have no idea what the Bears are gonna do, and they don't even have any idea. I don't think. That's a good point. <laughs> so I, I would say no on that one, although I, I do think that, that that what really matters on the Jaguars' end is if they stick with uh, the current quarterback with it's Kessler, right? Yes, if they, Cody Kessler. If they stick with right Kessler now. and Kessler likes Westbrook and their offense gets back on track for the last couple of games, then it's likely that they'll continue to target him because that's how the quarterback-wide receiver relationship works. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, I think... The best matchup for that then is going to be this week. Not saying to start Dady, but maybe look at him if you play DFS and stuff. That might be a, a sneaky cheap start uh, this week. Well, here's what I talked to you about. I think before the show, and and that's that. At this point, I think we should dump all the people that aren't performing and pick up players on the bench that are going to offer upside. Yeah. And in this case, maybe Westbrook does offer upside. So if you're not going to play Allen Robinson anyway. Um, and you don't think he's going to suddenly be amazing, then it's not the worst decision to pick up Westbrook for Robinson. Uh, if we look at, uh, for example, the Drink 5 League, which you brought up earlier, um, I I might want to play someone like Robbie Anderson, maybe, uh, instead of Westbrook, uh, because or, or even Jordy Nelson, because he's just a little more consistent. But upside is definitely, at this point, uh, it belongs to DD in in that top forty. Yeah. So you could always try to ride like Randall Cobb against the Bears. Bears is usually generally good. Well, I can't slight you because because being consistent at this point, if you need upside players, yeah. you should do it. So so it, it's tough for me to say, but I would say uh, as opposed to the last one we talked about, in this point, uh, I'm just going to say that that would be fine if someone did that. Um, someone. Someone else might pick up Allen Robinson, but they probably won't play him. Yeah. So a couple other wide receivers you could consider uh, grabbing who are still owned in less than 50% of leagues. Uh, Curtis Samuel of the Panthers, um, you know, 19 targets in the last two weeks, over 80 yards both games. Samuel's a much better decision than Westbrook. And then Kenny Stills. Less available though, right? uh, Right, right. 41% rather than much lower for Westbrook. Okay. Uh, Kenny Stills is owned in 37% of leagues right now. Uh, he had eight 
catches on nine targets for 135 and a touch. Scored a touch the week before as well. Uh, now that Stills is kind of back, and so is Tannehill, seems like Stills is back to being the number one guy there. But they play Minnesota this week. so And then Jacksonville the week after that. You know, I, I don't know what to think of that. Yeah, it's those, really not a good matchup. Those, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Deshaun Hamilton, you know, this whole thing in Denver, I, I, you know, there, there's Hamilton and then there's Patrick, right? T. Patrick, here he is. Tim Patrick, um, you know, running alongside of uh, Kurt, um, Cortland Sutton and uh, it's it's Denver. They're not going to really do a whole lot. No, it's either or, not a great offense. I, you can't trust them. So Samuel, I think we decided, is probably the best option if you can get your hands on. Yeah, so Curtis Samuel, I have a 23. Uh, he's right below Allen Robinson and has more upside in this game versus New Orleans. Yeah. If he's available, then I, I would maybe add Samuel and drop Robinson. It's, and remember, Dave updates these throughout the week, so maybe this conversation will linger in his head and Allen Robinson will fall a little. <laughs> it depends, but he has a good <laughs> matchup. So I know, against Green Bay isn't that bad, and that's what I kind of mentioned. Just because is, he wasn't playing well doesn't mean he won't have a game with eight receptions for 90 yards. I, and, and that can totally happen, but I feel like that's going to happen 25% of the time, and 75% of the time he's going to have two targets. For 35 yards. Yeah, maybe. But again, like the, the floor of Allen Robinson when he's healthy with Trubisky is still better than, for example, the floor of D.D. Westbrook. You know, just when you think Allen Robinson is all set to have a big play, Matt Nagy is going to bring 10 linemen in and, you know, throw a 50-yard touchdown to one of them. <laughs> I don't know how it happens, but it's going to work out. Just watch. All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, on to running back. The uh, running back pickings are perhaps even more slim uh, than the pickings at wide receiver. So starting with the guys who weren't owned in our Drink 5 League, I think Kenneth Dixon is one of the only options. 20% owned. Um, so he has the best chance of the remainders. Though check on Damian Williams because he'll probably uh, be a primary back for the Chiefs tomorrow night uh, if Spencer Ware is still banged up. Um, so, But I think Dixon is one of the only guys who can put up big numbers. He's given goal line carries. Uh, he got a touchdown last week. He's closing in on the snap count with Gus Edwards. I think it was 31-22 to 22 last week. So uh, Gus Edwards is definitely not dominating the backfield like he was for a couple of weeks. Uh, Dixon is there. He's vulturing touchdowns. Uh, and then they face the Buccaneers, who are giving up the fourth most points to opposing running backs. The Ravens are going to go back to their all-run, all-the-time offense for this week. And uh, it's a good matchup for Dixon which is sort of what I've been promoting on a lot of these guys is what are their matchups right now? That, that matters a whole lot to me. Uh, and then the – sorry, go ahead. What's up? I, did, did you want to talk about Dixon? Because I'm going to move on to the guy who I want to drop. Uh, you can talk about both of them first, sure. Okay. So the guy that I want to suggest dropping is James White, owned in 96% of leagues. I know, that's a lot. In standard leagues, though, he's only uh, – he, he's really struggling. Only 22 points in the last four games. Uh, he has 6, 10, 13, and 6 touches in the last four weeks. He's really trending down. He's actually getting a smaller split of the snaps every single week because James Devlin is vulturing all the touchdowns and Rex Burkhead is picking up a few snaps. Sony Michelle is healthy against. Rob Gronkowski is contributing more to the passing game. All this is adding up to James White not being the dominant back that he was earlier in the year. Um, this week they faced the Steelers, giving up the 8th fewest points to opposing running backs. Not a good matchup there. Uh, the Patriots' backfield can be chaotic. He could totally have three touchdowns next week. But 
Uh, it's mostly been a disappointment in my view. Uh, so I think that you taking a huge risk by starting James White this week. Uh, I would go ahead and cut him uh, to make room for someone else on your roster. So what do you think about cutting White and adding someone like Dixon? Or if he's available, Damian Williams? Um, so, so you're right that, that New England has gone back to having a lot of running back options and, and that definitely means that the scheme of the game determines how well some of these guys perform. However, you have to note that only in week 10 and 14 did James White get three points and every other week the entire season, he's had at least eight or more in a standard league. So that's pretty impressive as far as like a, a... you know, being conservative of floor kind of situation. Also, you're right that the Steelers have generally been good against running backs. However, uh, they're not as good against running backs that catch lots of passes in the backfield. Running backs in space in well, the backfield against the Steelers are almost always able to capitalize. The Steelers got torched by a few special guys, namely Christian McCaffrey, and um, there was one other guy they played earlier in the year. I'm just saying, I've been watching them all year, and, and whenever that happens, it's not something that their defense is, is great at expecting, mostly because they don't have a Ryan Shazier. They don't have a guy in the back calling the plays for the defense. They're not able to organize themselves in one direction or the other with those kinds of plays where there's movement. So it's, they're not great at that. Now, I'm not going to say that, that James White is a great play here, and certainly on paper they're not. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, I happen to like a lot. And uh, he was one of the guys that um, is, is only, who's a rookie two years ago, right? Um, and he was really unable to play because of injuries and, uh, and other issues off the field. But for Baltimore, this is something that I see moving into uh, 2019 as a situation where this is actually a guy that could take over the backfield. I love the guy, and he catches a lot of passes in the backfield where Gus Edwards didn't catch anything. He was not a passing back. Yeah. So you see, I think, Kenneth Dixon healthy, slowly overtaking Gus Edwards. I'm pretty sure that this next game, he's going to have the majority or, or an even match of carries and then also be there in third downs and catching a couple passes, which means on a Baltimore offense where they run the ball all the time with Lamar Jackson that he's more valuable than James White with a higher floor. So I agree with this move oh. in this circumstance. Oh, cool. And I, I I, do right now have James White at number 23. And Ken, uh, I was going to say Kenyon Drake. Kenneth Dixon at number 32. But I, I think that that will change um, as the week progresses because I think we're going to hear more news about uh, Gus Edwards, how you're going to have more carries um, and more snaps for Kenneth Dixon. Yep. And uh, and looking at the trends for the New England running back uh, backfield and how it's just muddled. And, and that's how we always look at New England's. This game's probably going to be a shootout. Yeah. So I, I think I think that uh, I think that Kenneth, Dith- Kenneth Dixon is probably going to end up being the better play this particular week. So I agree yeah. with you on this one. Yep. All right. So a couple other running backs to look at adding. Uh, Damian Williams, like we were talking about, is owned in 49% of leagues, but was just picked up in 32% of leagues in the last day. So chances are he was picked up in your league. Um, Elijah McGuire could be an interesting start, if only because uh, there's really no one else going right now. He had 17 carries last week, but he plays Houston this week, uh, and that's a terrible matchup when it comes to running. So, uh, you know, that's a... Super deep league, sort of Hail Mary kind of thing. Um, 
other than that, not a lot of guys under the 50% mark. You could try for Darren Sproles if you're just needing a touchdown. Um, but not a whole lot of options at running back. So I think that that's why one of the reasons why Kenneth Dixon gets such a strong uh, endorsement from us. I actually really like Ido Smith, who's not owned in a lot of leagues right now. A lot of people put him... I passed him by because the Falcons' offense is so bad. Okay. Well, a lot of people put him, you know, in the garbage because he wasn't doing so well for a little while, but he's clearly taken over the running back lead role from... Um, Tevin Coleman? from Tevin Coleman okay. and for example last game he had uh, 11 rushes for 60 yards and three of four targets for 14 yards so he was also getting passes and they're playing against Arizona who teams love to rush the ball against because they're one of the worst against the run so Ido Smith is a good candidate to get a touchdown on the ground in addition to uh, probably a floor of like six or seven points so if you're looking for guys that aren't owned very much that you should start in this kind of batch of players that you're referring to. I like I like Ito. And I totally agree with your assessment of Elijah McGuire, by the way. Nice job with that. Uh, because I think Elijah is a really good athlete, but playing against Houston, he's nothing more than, you know, like the uh, a flex position if you don't have anybody else. Yeah. Man, the you, you're right about Arizona being so bad against the uh, running backs. Yeah, why do you think nobody passes against them, man? So it... <laughs> They've given up 12 double-digit games in standard scoring this year uh, to the likes of Mike Davis, um, Zach Zenner, Austin Eckler. You know, Latavius Murray had 21 points against them. Earlier in the year, when uh, Ito had better matchups, uh, it, when he was getting, um, you know, a bunch of carries, he's he scored four touchdowns in five games. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to score a touchdown here against Arizona. So I, I think that's a sneaky play if you're running out of running back depth, personally. Yeah. Um, also, he's catching passes because they, they appear to be, like, not liking Tevin Coleman that much, and he's on his, his way out anyway. He's going to be going to another team in all probability next year. Right. That's what uh, we sort of determined on Tevin Coleman earlier in the year. We, we did a little deep dive into him. Uh, I don't know when that was. Like eight, maybe. <laughs> Sometime earlier than now. Uh, so when uh, that occurred. At tight end, you've got Ian Thomas is my suggestion to add. He's owned in 36% of leagues. He is the replacement for Greg Olson on the Carolina Panthers. He's been very active in the last couple of weeks. Uh, last week, he caught nine balls on 11 targets. Uh, and the week before he went five for five, so it's a small sample size, but he's trending up. I've been he, talking about him. You know, faces New Orleans. I didn't catch that. Uh, my bad. Uh, I, I thought that I had, you know, I heard him on another podcast earlier today, and I looked him up, and I go, oh yes, definitely the tight end own for this <laughs> week. So he faces New Orleans, who gave up thirteen points to Cameron Brate just last week, even though New Orleans is technically very good against the tight end. Uh, but they are susceptible uh, to giving up some points. That's the reason that I would be uh, upset playing him this week because they averaged 34.8 yards per game uh, tight ends. <laughs> so, I, I I mean, play with caution. You're, yeah. basically, you're basically needing a touchdown. But it, it, in, in this position is a fucking wasteland. It's really hard to find people to start, so... Uh, if you picked up Ian Thomas, you're probably going to start him unless you picked him up to block someone else. Uh, in which case, good move by you, probably. <laughs> because you will probably put up... I feel like Ian Thomas has a decent floor because Cam Newton is dealing with a soldier, shoulder injury and he won't be throwing deep. So the short to medium passing game is really all they're going to have in addition to the rushing game from uh, C-Max. So uh, Thomas is going to see a bunch of activity... Uh, there aren't many options at tight end. I like Thomas as the top tight end pickup this week. 
Uh, and the tight end to drop, in my opinion, another bear, is Trey Burton. Uh, he has done absolutely nothing in the last four weeks. Only 3.9 points cumulatively over that time. Um, so hopefully you haven't been starting him. Uh, he's just dead weight. So um, he's still owned in 87% of leagues. I think I brought up a lot of this stuff uh, last week. I, I, I'm pretty sure when we were talking about, or maybe two weeks ago, we were talking about Trey Burton. It was two weeks ago. We were oh, talking about Trey Burton. Then I have an excuse. Talking about, um, you know, the or maybe it was a week. Anyway, the, the anxiety that he was publicly broadcasting. Oh, yeah, we did talk about the anxiety last week. Yeah. So whenever you hear that, that uh, a player, especially a tight end, a guy who has to block and be uh, front and center and be responsible for a lot of shit in each game, when they're talking about the anxiety overcoming them and not allowing them to go out and have a play, that is not well, someone he's I... He's talking about the anxiety of throwing a pass. I'm sorry, but if, if you're unable to perform in a situation that you're put into in a football game and you publicly broadcast your distress call, you are no longer allowed to start on my fantasy football team. I think what that's going to do is sort of you know, move him out of the coach's good graces because Matt Nagy is a guy who – I was just listening to, to audio from him today, and he's like, look, when these guys were in high school talking about the linemen and all the random people on the team – they were all the best at every position on the team. All these guys can run and throw and catch and pass. So all you have to do is practice with them a little bit, and a lot of it comes back to them, which is why he's able to utilize all of these guys in all these positions. And you're totally right. That's if fine. If Trey Burton is having trouble adjusting to that and doing something a little different, then clearly... It's a it's about a confidence level, and I don't know why. I mean, the dude did it in the Super Bowl. It's it's that's the reason. It, it apparently, is bringing back all kinds of memories of that whenever he has it happened. PTSD from winning. But, but let's not talk about just throwing the ball in that situation. Even if we take that out of the equation, which it clearly you is, you have a lot of responsibility in that situation. It's about a confidence level that is, uh, you know, that the coach has for that player, and that has a lot to do with the confidence level he sees from that player in and of himself. And Trey Burton simply does not exude that anymore. And it, it clearly has, has struck him from the past couple of weeks, which is why he's done pretty much nothing. Because I believe that uh, Nagy, who you're talking about, is just, um, is, is just a, a coach that is, thinks that it's very important to allow anyone who has a high confidence level to do anything on his offense. And now Trey Burton is on this list of like it's tier. Sort of how he runs the team is high confidence. Yeah, he's like now he's like a tier three confidence guy, which means he's going to be out there because he's a good tight end, but he's not going to do anything. Yeah, so I, what I, we're going to get is like uh, Adam Shaheen all over the place. Yeah, maybe, and I I agree with you. So I I have him at thirteen just because of his historicals. But like you said about the position, if you look at the guys under him, for example, we've got Vernon Davis in Washington, who over the past couple of weeks has scored uh, 13, 2, and 5. Uh, he's only had two big games on the season. And CJ Uzoma, who actually is a really decent floor guy because every single week he's going to get you three receptions for 39 yards. So that's cool if, if you want 3.9 points on your fantasy It's a very team. smooth floor. I mean, it's better than nothing, right? But uh, I, I think the biggest free agent that might be available right now that, that could provide the highest upside besides who you're mentioning in Ian Thomas because he has a bad matchup uh, is Evan Engram, who was sidelined a whole bunch, but I'm pretty sure that uh, he's, he's lining up to maybe play this week. And when he does play... 
uh, he ends up being pretty good. So he's had a lot of games between five and ten fantasy points. But I, I agree with your original assessment that you should roll the dice on Ian Thomas. I think even though New Orleans has a lot of uh, success against tight ends because everybody else sucks. Uh, yeah, and then you know, and the drop thing, Trey Burton because because the coach just doesn't believe in him anymore. Right, and, you know the um, Packers are giving up the second fewest points to opposing tight ends as well. There you go. So, so there's no reason to be starting Trey Burton. Uh, so definitely this week uh, we would drop Trey Burton in order to add Ian Thomas. Don't play you know tight ends in a race to the bottom. Yeah, that's not helpful. <laughs> Well, Dave, we got a little beat up last week. Uh, we each have a team left, and that's great, but we're used to having, I don't know, six or seven teams at once, so we might as well go ahead and pick another team for Week 15 uh, in order to have something to bet on for this okay. week. Sounds good. So I took our ECRs because I uh, I couldn't find your rankings. They'll be up uh, by tomorrow, I'm sure. Well, they're up on Fantasy Pros, but you're you can't right. Go, uh... You can't go directly to just one person's rankings on Fantasy Pros, right? Yeah, the, on drink5.com, they will be available uh, this evening. So, yep. Uh, so, I propose that we uh, wager for a six-pack of Hop Slam and a bag of chips that the loser provides uh, when we watch a playoff game. Because well, Hop not, Slam will be out in January. I'm not sure that we'll be able to to purchase that for a playoff game, depending on the release date. But let's say... Um, uh, an excellent beer that we both agree on for no no worries. That's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get a hop slam level beer. But hop slam is always good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's let's go itself. ahead and do it. All right. So uh, we're gonna do it old school. This way, uh, we just take three people uh, ranked all next to each other, and uh, you know you'll start off. You take one. I'll take one. The other one will be a backup in case one of the guys doesn't go. Uh, and then we'll just keep moving on. So starting at quarterback, we're going to do the ECR uh, six, seven, eight. You've got Andrew Luck at home against Dallas. Deshaun Watson going to the Jets, and they play on Saturday. And um, Russell Wilson is going to San Francisco. He's the number eight quarterback this week. Uh, who do you want to take, Dave? Start us off here. So, like I said earlier, I think that the rankings are one thing and who you actually want to start is another. Um, <laughs> I, I happen to really like Andrew Luck. I've had him in a couple leagues. He's done really well. He's, he's been scoring you know, consistently mid-20s almost the entire season, except in Week 13 against Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. where there was a pretty bad game there. Uh, but who I really like this particular week is Deshaun Watson. Uh, I like him against the Jets. Um, I think that um, he he's had he's had only four touchdowns over the last three weeks, but he's generally been doing pretty well. Houston has their offense together. Watson's been doing pretty good. I think that's nine and one in their last ten games. Man. I think that Dallas is uh, against Luck is a little bit of a sleeper defense in a in a sleeper matchup that they've been just doing way better than we ever thought that they would at the end of the year. So I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson, even though I I have Andrew Luck one 
notch ahead of him in in my rankings. That's okay. I think that when you're that close and you're picking starters, <laughs> you know, you can kind of throw the rankings out the window. You're they're they're all in the same tier. Yeah, and that's what's important is that you sort of grouping everybody together. Um, so with you taking Watson, I think Watson might have been my first choice as well. Um, I, I'm leaning towards Wilson, but man, he's really been disappointing lately. Meanwhile, Andrew Luck has been playing great up until the last maybe two weeks, but he plays Dallas, who has also been playing great lately. Well, disappointing, I have to say, it's only been last week against Minnesota. Otherwise, he's putting up the same numbers Luck is, mid-20s. Uh, Wilson, you mean? Yeah. Okay, okay. And the, they're going to San Francisco. San Francisco's got a bad... But you're right. Defense. It was a disappointing last week for I Wilson. actually have this conundrum in a, in a league I'm in. <laughs> Between I, who? Wilson and Luck? I have, well, I have Wilson, and I have uh, Jameis Winston, and then I have the field. All those guys we were talking about earlier at quarterback. Uh, so I have to huh. decide if I want to start Russell Wilson, who has got a good matchup. Don't um, start any quarterbacks ever against Baltimore. Uh, well, no, I won't. That would be... Um, who are they playing this week? Who? I don't know. Baltimore's going to crush someone this week, I know. Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm definitely not starting Jameis Winston. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, look, Tampa Bay always has a chance of scoring three touchdowns, but Baltimore's been amazing against quarterbacks. So Yeah. So I, I think for this uh, exercise, I'm going to go ahead and go with Russell Wilson, uh, leaving Andrew Luck as our backup in case one of these guys doesn't go. Well, that's funny. So from my perspective, I have uh, Luck at 6, Watson at 7, and Russell at 10. All all three of them top 10 quarterbacks, but neither of us choose the top candidate on my list. Yeah, yeah. And nor was he the top candidate on the original list. Is it because we both think that Dallas is is been too good against teams recently? I think that you and I are at least partially, you know, Dallas haters because they're a big team that neither of us are into at all. Yeah. And uh, the fact that they've been doing very well and beat the Saints the way they did has left us a little scarred. Yeah, I and need we're to, afraid a little bit. I of need the to Dallas avoid Cowboys them the a little moment. bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, a lot of people uh, like in Chicago over the last few days like to talk about, oh, it could be Dallas versus Chicago in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And I don't like that matchup very much. Ezekiel Elliott is a freaking beast. Dallas might beat up on Chicago. I, it could happen. <laughs> you know, maybe we sack the shit out of Russell, uh, out of Dak Prescott, but maybe not. All right, let's let's, let's move, move on. on. We have a lot of positions here. Yeah. So uh, at running back one, we're going to go 8-9-10 on the list. Uh, Nick Chubb playing in Denver. Leonard Fournette play, hosting Washington. And uh, Mr. Cook going to Miami. Dalvin Cook, that is. Mr. Cook. So uh, I believe that I am the starting here. I'm going with the guy who I've loved playing every week so far this year, and that's Nick Chubb. Uh, He's just been a freaking beast lately, and uh, um, I I know that Leonard Fournette probably has a much higher ceiling with the matchup against Washington, but I just, I don't know. I'm having a good time watching Cleveland. I know that you as a Steelers fan probably don't get the same joy that I do. But a Hugh Jackson-list Cleveland that's playing well is something that warms me <laughs> uh no i i don't have a problem with uh with cleveland doing well it's been so many years of everyone in the amc north beating up on them it's fun it's it's uh it's exciting to see them have a team that's um actually playing better than their previous incarnations <laughs> uh so i like all three of those guys and on my rankings they actually are also eight nine and ten in that order 
Um, and I bet that's true for a lot of fantasy experts. It's not just ECR. Sure. Uh, running backs, especially when we look at them based on their performances in their matchups, it's pretty They've easy. Been very consistent this year. Yeah, I mean, if we look at uh, bad matchups for running backs in the top 15, it's really only uh, Saquon Barkley versus Tennessee, Alvin Kamara versus Carolina, and Christian McCaffrey versus New Orleans. And the fact that their names are Barkley, Kamara, and McCaffrey means that bad <laughs> matchups aside, they're still starting on your fantasy team. Yeah. So all these guys are starting. You, you're going with Chubb at Denver. That's totally fine. Uh, I think my first instinct is to go with Leonard Fournette, but he did only score four points against Tennessee, and that's uh, it's it's dangerous. I think that's a if you're a Jaguar, you got to burn the tape kind of thing. <laughs> um, but even though it is kind of a, a a crazy situation in Jacksonville, I still think that a healthy Leonard Fournette, who's out touching Carlos Hyde by like eighty five to one. Is, is going to be the guy <laughs> that gets the football. That sounds like the correct ratio as well. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Fournette here. Uh, I would have gone with Chubb, though, absolutely. All right, so um, got you down for Leonard Fournette. At running back two, you're right back on the block. We've got Sony Michelle going to Pittsburgh, Mark Ingram going to Carolina, and Jeff Wilson uh, staying home playing Seattle. So Ingram has been a fun guy to 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 watch this season because he's one of those guys with Camara who who is often favored by the coach. However, even though Camara is favored, you can see him still going in multiple game situations to Ingram to get those last few yards to muscle through the pack. Uh, he's had a couple over a hundred yard games on the season, and he's had four games in the double digits. But recently. Only scoring uh, seven against Atlanta, three against Dallas, and 11 against Tampa Bay. Because of that stretch, I don't want to start Ingram against Carolina, who is on paper not a great matchup. Uh, so instead, I'm I'm going to start... <sighs> Man, you, you really sold the Ingram and then pulled the rug out from under me. I <laughs> wrote I, down all the names already. Dave. You think I was going with him? I mean... I, I know I know your misdirection <laughs> techniques, but you really sold them that time. So in this particular case, just because I think uh, that it, it's it's an awfully hard situation here. Well, you like to talk with a butt, and I, not in the Ace Ventura style. I think I'm I'm gonna go with the guy that had twenty rushing attempts last week, which is Sony Michelle versus the Steelers. As much as I don't want to, I think he's gonna score a touchdown in that game, and I think Ingram isn't. Interesting. Um so I think that the Saints are gonna look at uh what happened to the Rams last week and realize uh we need to get our running game back on track before we get our passing game working again. And they're gonna run the ball and uh all those other good things you said about Ingram are also true. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go with Jeff Ingram. Not Jeff Ingram. Mark Ingram. Uh, and Jeff Wilson will remain our backup. Mark Wilson. Is it Mark Wilson? No, no. I'm playing off of your mistake. I don't know this Jeff Wilson character very well. He has early onset Alzheimer's. Does Jeff? <laughs> no, you do, my friend. <laughs> Which is not something to joke about. I apologize. <laughs> but but hey, come on. Um, Comedy knows no bounds. Jeff will... Hey, if it's funny... It, it plays. Jeff Wilson had 23 carries last week, 15 the week before. Um, it's just, you know, it. I, I like, I, I'm mostly worried about 
uh, Matt Breda taking carries from him, and then secondarily worried about the fact that Seattle's got a really good defense. Well, Matt Breda returned to practice this week, and so I can't select Jeff Wilson in any good conscience. There we go. Uh, on to wide receiver one. We're going to go straight to the top. I might have even told you that. Like, if you had selected him, I'm like, but don't take him. But though. don't. He's bad. Well, not bad. Well, I did bring up Breda starting, uh, or possibly coming back earlier in the show, too. Yeah, we talked about that. It, yeah. was in the, it, was, it was there in the back of my mind reminding me. Uh, so, right to the top. Wide receiver one, two, and three. Michael Thomas at Carolina. Antonio Brown home playing new england and deandre hopkins going to the jets um so as i previously stated i don't know that uh the passing game is necessarily going to get back on track because michael thomas has been bad the last couple weeks so um i gotta go with antonio brown all right i'll take uh deandre hopkins and i i took your favorite player but (laughs) you you have a you have the choice of two amazing players so so that's interesting. Again, we took the uh, second and third option rather than the first option. Well, not not on my list. Not I'm, on your I'm, list. Oh, where, where are they on your rankings? I have DeAndre Hopkins ranked two. Great matchup against the Jets. I think there's going to be a touchdown, maybe two. Michael Thomas, I agree with you, number four versus Carolina. But he's still Michael Thomas. If they get the running game going, he should have like nine receptions. Uh, yeah, I and, mean. And Antonio Brown, I actually have marked as ten on my list right now simply because um, he – Really? He doesn't seem to be, in this stretch, the guy that is targeted all the time. It seems to be Juju right now. Yeah, but he's getting all the touchdowns still. Perhaps. So I did. I, I know that you've got the same notes, but we are doing standard scoring on this. Yep. Thing. And these things change throughout. And know, it is all week, very, so. yeah. This is just a snapshot of the rankings when I was writing notes about six hours ago. Well, one of the reasons why Brown is a little bit lower at this time is simply because Ben Roethlisberger is not a lock to necessarily play although all the news points to the fact that the rib is not broken um but is in fact just bruised so i expect ben of all quarterbacks to have no problem strapping on the flak i'm pretty sure that he's gonna play against new england (laughs) this week that's a huge game for them yeah he loves he loves playing if they want any hope at getting a bye they gotta beat new england they're gonna throw a touchdown to jesse james on the uh in the end zone <laughs> and he's going to catch it this time. Well, he caught oh, it last wait. time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Appreciate uh, it. Back to you, the <laughs> wide receiver two. Uh, we'll go to 17, 18, and 19 on the list. You've got Josh Gordon going to Pittsburgh, Tyler Lockett going to San Francisco, Jarvis Landry going to Denver. So do you take the meme lord? Do you take uh, Mr. Blessum? I don't know. I don't know anything clever about lock it so oh, that's all right uh, so so for me uh gordon has been fairly consistent um over the past five weeks he had a low of seven and eight but more normalized score at about an average of 12 fantasy points which is fantastic he's getting uh four to five receptions per game and that's uh, more than I consider for Landry at the moment, who was trending down. You have to also remember that Jarvis Landry only had four receptions in that game last week. He just scored two touchdowns as part of it. And that's not going to happen in all of these games. So in my opinion, uh, we're going to go with, uh, with Tyler Lockett. And uh, Lockett has had some big games. I think he will have a big game here against San Francisco. Interesting. Uh, you've taken Tyler Lockett. 
especially with Doug Baldwin being a huge question mark, that's a great uh, option there. Yeah, David Moore is not doing anything. I don't. I mean, he hasn't done anything all damn year. Well, what's fun is Russell Wilson only throws the ball like 17 times a game. However, uh, you get at least like four or five of them to lock it, and they end up being. Uh, usually a little bit farther down the field. So a good chance of him scoring a touchdown. If he gets five passes and a touchdown, he's going to score 15 points. Yeah. So um, I am in this, you know, list. I'm more attracted to the consistency that Josh Gordon gives you rather than Jarvis Landry, even though Landry is trending up, you know, based on what we usually like to spot as as an upwards trend. Um, It's not a great matchup in Denver. Uh, Gordon gets to play Pittsburgh. We were saying, talking earlier about how bad Pittsburgh's defense is. Mm-hmm. You know, they're passing defense doubly so. So I think that Josh Gordon can at least easily hit his floor of 8-10 to 10 in this game. And he may wind up having a pretty big game against Pittsburgh if it winds up being a shootout. I do have to defend my guys a little bit saying Hayden's done pretty well. And actually, Joe Hayden, yes, the defensive backs are not the, that bad. It's more the coordinator running a defense that is from like 1995. And it's just not working out. <laughs> so please, Pittsburgh, expedite the release of our... Is that why the offense from 1995 in Oakland was just barely able to beat you? Maybe. Or, Gr- it's an offense from like 2000, Gr- let's be fair. Gruden came to town and it just matched up perfectly. Oh, man. It All was right. great. Closing out the wide receiver <laughs> position, uh, we've got Corey Davis uh, going to the Giants, right? Um, uh, I wrote last names and now I'm drawing blanks. DJ Moore is going to be hosting New Orleans, and Alshon Jeffrey is going to the Rams. I need to double check on that first one. I believe it's Corey Davis. Yep, you're right. Okay, unless there's some other Davis that has moved up the ranks. I, well, the the Titans are playing the Giants, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then we're fine. Yeah. Uh, so do, 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 you picked first last time. Um, I definitely do not want Alshon Jeffrey. Um, there's just not anything positive happening there. Well, we've been saying to drop him. He actually had a decent game last week, but not in yardage, only in receptions. Yeah. So that's it's only it's only uh, been a good showing for him if you're in a PPR league, and even that has been terrible over the last six weeks in general. Oh, that's rough. Um, Corey Davis playing the Giants. The Giants do have a bad offense or defense. Um, or DJ Moore. This is a tough one. I think I got to go with Corey Davis. Um, you know, the Titans are surprising me uh, throughout the year. When I think that they finally figured it out and they're playing well, they, they do terrible. And when I see them do terrible, they finally do well. So I really don't expect much from them at all. So I expect a very average game from the Titans. And I don't know, and I, and I don't really see. A ton of upside with uh, DJ Moore or Alshon Jeffrey. I love DJ Moore, so please put him down for me. He has 33 targets in the last four weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, eight, nine, eight, and eight. Very consistent. Obviously, Devin Funches, who used to be a main uh, focal point of that offense, is no longer even in the equation. Well, yeah, they've got Curtis Samuel now. No, it's DJ Moore as the wide receiver one. Well, to replace Funches as a two. Not to replace him. Uh, Curtis Samuel is... is we can argue about that later. That doesn't matter. Right. They're uh, used differently in the offense. Yeah. Point is, I think DJ Moore is the target hog in that audience, uh, in that um, offense. Uh, it is more of an audience than an In offense. that audience. 
out uh, outside of Christian McCaffrey, he's the guy who's getting the target. So I like more. I like Davis too, but Davis is trending down in from my perspective as far as uh, as fantasy points for the last three weeks. So I I always shy away from that. Okay, uh, at tight end, you've got uh, Jared Cook going to Cincinnati, uh, David Ndoku at Denver, and Cameron Brait at Baltimore. So it's your choice first. Those are the six, seven, eight. Uh, the ECR from this afternoon. Um, well, I wish I could have some different guys. <laughs> I wasn't going to pick out of the out of the good players th- this time around. No, they're fine. Uh, Braid goes up against Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is not amazing against tight ends, but I I'm not a huge fan of um, what's going to happen. I think in that offense, so I'm just going to select Jared Cook, who has been amazingly good in Oakland. And over the last uh, four games, has not had less than five targets, uh, resulting in nine fantasy points in PPR. Are we playing in standard? We're doing standard, yeah. Okay. So the last two games, he's had over 100 yards in receiving. And for, um, for a tight end right now, like that is money in the bank. I'm going to have to go with Njoku there. Uh, I, I tend to agree with you on the assessment of the uh, what's going to happen to the Bucks this week. Yeah, I think they, they might get swallowed up. It's going to be ugly, yeah. <laughs> um, so, boom. Yeah, not not, not going to be pretty. Uh, so, moving to kicker really quick. Uh, six, seven, eight, Guskowski at Pittsburgh. Bagley at Kansas City. And Janikowski, the Seabass, going to San Francisco. Badgley. Badgley. B-A-D-G-L-E-Y, right? Yeah. Badgley, Sure. He's been great this year, actually. Yeah, I know. I mean, against Kansas City, you got to assume that there's going to be a lot of points in that game. I feel like there's going to be a lot of points in Pittsburgh, too. But that's a tough place to kick. Kansas City is perhaps better. Janikowski back in the Bay Area. I'm going to go with Janikowski. Because it's a kicker, and it really doesn't matter that much. <laughs> it's more, much more random. Who do you like? Um, I, I've had Badgley on a couple fantasy teams. He's been doing great, so I'll just pick Badgley. And uh, Kansas City tends to allow some points in their games. Yep, yep. So at defense, we'll go 4-5-6. Minnesota is your option. They play Miami um, in Miami. Buffalo is an option. They play Detroit in Detroit. And Seattle is an option. They go to San Francisco. So Minnesota, Buffalo, or Seattle? I like Seattle. Yeah, I mean, that's a... That's that's easily the best matchup. Uh, Good matchup. Maybe not the strongest defense there. Good matchup versus a uh, well, it's a it's a surging defense versus a uh, quarterback that's only been playing a couple games. He's arguably been uh, average, and uh, besides his first game, which was awesome, which he should just stopped after that. They should (laughs) he should have been like get someone else. I've played my best game in the NFL. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the other matchups are all good. I think all three of these are in my top six here. So what, what does it matter really? Um, defense is a toss up. I think all of those guys are, they have a good shot at getting like eight points or more in their matchups. Yep. So I'm going to go with Buffalo in this one. Uh, Minnesota just, you know, they're they're in a little turmoil. They got to go all the way to Miami this week. I don't know that they're going to be able to put up a, a dominant defensive performance, uh, and I kind of like Buffalo this week, so I'm going to go with them. They play Detroit. Detroit is a 
bad team. You know, Buffalo's been better earlier in the season, but I do think that they're still a great defense. And the I, defense was better earlier in the season. That's what the I mean. The offense was entirely worse. Oh, no, I've never talked about Buffalo's offense in a positive manner. <laughs> but but I do think that, uh, that Buffalo has kind of had consistent amounts of sacks, uh, with the uh, exception of, of last week, so we can throw that away as an outlier. And they're able to get uh, some good turnovers, so they're... The amount of fumble receptions and interceptions they've had have been consistent over the past couple yeah. of games. So I, I like that pick too. Like I said, though, they're they're all top six, and I would agree that Minnesota is probably the worst out of this, especially because they just came off of a disappointing well, again, loss. We, on my list, anyways, we took the the second and third options again. So that's always fun. Okay, just so, just going to show what we were saying earlier is you know you don't have to marry yourself to the rankings. Once you've got a tier, you pick the guy that you're most comfortable with out of that tier. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and we'll talk about this more when we when we do more draft shows, but the most important thing about any of this, whether you're taking someone's rankings that are not yours or making your own rankings, are that you do make the tiers for yourself. Because if, for example, you're picking between a running back and a wide receiver uh, and, and they both seem to be good decisions, then you simply tier them uh, with their individual positions and that can help you decide who to play in flex, for example. All right, well, it, uh, you know, we only got one more week to go uh, in the fantasy football regular season. So, um, you know, check us out next week when we're back here uh, on the 19th. I think we're going to have a guest. Um, is that confirmed yet? Or should we let everyone wait in suspense? <laughs> I, I believe so. I, I believe we'll have a, a, a league mate uh, from one of our leagues that we're both mutually in uh, on the show for... Uh, the Week 16 Championship Game Preview. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, anywhere you grab this podcast, leave a review. Uh, tell everybody how you like it. Uh, give us a rating. You know, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, Mr. Goff, this goes out to you. 